This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers Minicamp. Live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation, it feels like football season has officially arrived now. We are live from Heinz Field. Minicamp going on on the field right below us. I am Tom Offerman. With me as always here on the Steelers Standard is Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky. And guys, the first thing that I took away when I walked in here today was it's great that everybody's here for minicamp. The team can really start to focus on the 2021 seasons as an entire unit now. But for the most part, everybody was there for those few weeks of OTAs leading up to minicamp. And I think that's got to be uh, uh, something that the coaching staff and something that the veteran players on the team take, uh, they love. That the fact that they've been around for a few weeks now, it's not like they're just getting into things now. They've been working together for the most part for, like I said, almost a month now. So I think it's phenomenal that they've been around for that long. And the main guy who's leading that charge is number seven, Ben Roethlisberger who has been present for, if he missed one, it might have been, just been that one OTAs. He's been around forever. And, I mean, leader of the team, future Hall of Famer for sure, total captain. It's great to see him and some other veterans as well have been here leading up to this mandatory minicamp. I mean, I couldn't agree more. We talked about at length the win-now mentality. Everyone has to buy in at the right moment. And we thought we saw that last year with COVID kind of riddling the off season. And when the Steelers were only what, one of two teams to have every single player choose not to opt out. That was to me, a big sign that everyone really believed in what was going right. on. Everybody's with pulling this organization. on the same rope here. Yeah. And I thought that was a great sign until I got to 2021. And I saw once again, the same thing. The second year in a row, I mean, there are a couple new faces and a couple of old faces who aren't here anymore, such as Marquise Pouncey. But for the most part, the core of the team is here. I mean, we talk about Ben coming back. We talk about Juju Smith-Schuster coming back. There are a lot of guys who are returning, and all of them, as you said, Tom, showed up or, or made the made the decision themselves to kind of be there for the OTAs, which you don't see across the other 31 NFL teams with everybody showing up or everyone choosing to show up and not just like one day as you said ben only missed one day we saw a lot of these guys there for for the most part and now that we're here at mandatory minicamp everyone is here and it's a great thing to see because it's just a continuation of that process of everyone buying in and i think it's it's the best way to kind of prepare yourselves for the start of the regular season well, I think, too, we, we talked about this, uh, you know, on our one of our last episodes we did of Steelers Standard that, you know, it, not many teams in the NFL are, are, have this luxury, have the, the all, you know, almost everybody being there at OTAs. And, I mean, especially the quarterback position. I know some teams have rookies or young guys or whatever it is starting, and they have a little bit of a luxury because, you know, they can work with their quarterback every day at OTAs. Right. But you rarely see it with, with a Hall of Fame-type guy in Ben, and I think that's the biggest one, Tom. You brought that up, um, having been there for OTAs. And, and, I mean, now it's mandatory, obviously. Everybody has to be there and all that good stuff. But 
it, it's a good thing that everybody was there prior to that. Pretty much everybody was there prior to that. I, I think that's a huge advantage that the Steelers have that, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what the roster, or, you know, every team in the NFL, what they are doing. But I don't know many teams that had that luxury, uh, you know, maybe a handful, but not with the experience that Ben has. And I think nationally, something that pundits like to throw out there is they question Ben's commitment to the game, to the team, to to the sport at his senior age. But it's very obvious when you look around the league and you see, Kellen, like you alluded to, during OTAs, not everybody's going to be there. Veteran quarterbacks aren't going to show up for all of the sessions because they don't have to. But also you take a look at what's going on in a place like Green Bay. They had mandatory minicamp last week. and Someone wasn't there. A future Hall of Famer in his own right, Aaron Rodgers, decided to sit out for the first time in his career, a mandatory minicamp. You know, that's something that Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't even think twice about doing, is sitting something out that's mandatory, uh, even like we've alluded to, when it was optional for the past right. uh, several weeks. He was there for the most part, uh, maybe missing just one practice, if even that. So it's so great especially for the rookies, to be able to look and see number seven there with them, putting the work in, in the dog days of June, you know, just starting to turn the corner towards the 2021 season. And now you're finally here at minicamp. You start to, you know, gear yourself up towards the season. You start to actually do some things that you're going to put in in the 2021 season. Uh, Nice little session between these guys today, leading into training camp, obviously. So, it's just it's nice to have it so it's not like they're just coming in cold feet seeing Ben Roethlisberger for the first time it's just a true testament to what a leader he is and it, there's no question you can't you can't question the guy's commitment to the team to the sport if he's showing up to these optional workouts on the south side leading up to the mandatory stuff i don't know who in the right mind would doubt it we're now in year and anybody locally doesn't we're in, we all know that we're yeah. in year 18 and this guy is continuing to lead by example. This is what he's done basically his entire career. He's come in, even his rookie year, he was the backup quarterback to Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox goes down, and he leads the team all the way to the AFC Championship game, and he's never looked back. He's been a winner, and he's been a leader his entire career, and now in what could be his last time dressing up in the black and gold, he's not going to do anything different. He's going to be there for every opportunity that he can, and tell these guys around him and show these guys how you should conduct yourself as an NFL caliber player. And quickly, too, uh, Tom, you kind of stole the thunder there. I was going to bring up the, the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't at, at mandatory minicamp for the Packers. And, I mean, there's not many of those situations around the league, but that's just, again, another example of, you know, teams not having their quarterback available to them. And, again, you know, it's minicamp, it's OTAs. You know, can you really learn anything you know, anything big? No, probably not. But at the same time, again, it's adva- it's an advantage that you have. It's an advantage to have everybody there to work with the starting quarterback. And, and now in the mandatory stuff, if you don't have your quarterback, it's kind of a big yikes moment. Um, and it, I, I'm sure it is for the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, it's not the situation here with the Steelers. But I'm just pointing out that, again, it is such an advantage that the Steelers had been there for the first three weeks or the first handful of days of OTAs and now in the minicamp. As you said, Tom, you're not going into this with cold feet. The receivers aren't catching passes from Ben for the first time. This is something that they've been doing over OTAs. And again, it's not necessarily full speed in OTAs. It's it's football and shorts and it's kind of the same way in minicamp. But at the same time, 
it's still you, you you know you have that repertoire built you have the you know I know how to catch passes from Ben Roethlisberger you know OTA or minicamp excuse me isn't the first time that I'm catching passes from him now Big Ben's a veteran so he obviously in a lot of people's minds they would say oh he doesn't need that many reps he's been in the league 15 plus years he, he knows what to do one two Super Bowls been to another one going to the Hall of Fame one day but I would actually argue that coming off of such a weird season like last year with COVID and coming off of what happened to Big Ben in 2019 with the elbow injury that saw him only play in two games before being sidelined for the rest of the season, you know, I would argue that these reps in the offseason of 2021 are the most important offseason reps that he's had in maybe 10-plus years in his career. Uh, last year, I know he stayed healthy for the entirety of the season, but there's also that mental aspect of a devastating injury like he dealt with. Of course, you're going to physically recover from it in the timetable that he did, and he was able to play all the 2020 season. But mentally, you still have to build yourself back up to completely trusting that elbow. And I don't think Ben had much trust issues with his elbow last year. We saw games where he pushed the ball down the field. Yeah. That Indianapolis Colts game in Week 15, I mean, 341 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was throwing the ball down the field in that game. That was later in the year, though, so maybe a little bit of you know mental rehabilitation when it came to that elbow. All I'm saying is now he gets a full offseason of work in, fully confident, coming off of a season where that elbow held up. He's got to have the confidence in it again this year. I don't think there's anything in the back of his mind now where he's saying, well, if I really let one go, is this thing going to snap on me again? I, I think he's completely been able to move past that. And now it's just about getting these works, getting these reps in with his teammates and really building himself back up to that level that he was playing at before that unfortunate injury, one of the worst of his career. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that assessment, Tom. I would say probably his biggest offseason, maybe you said in 10 years, maybe of his career, just because there was at least dating back to rookie. There was no season ending injury for him ever, ever up until this point. And I believe the only time he's missed for injury or otherwise has been four or five games at the right. most. This was by by far, by far and away yeah. the longest stretch. And even so when he would miss maybe the maybe the diagnosis was he was going to miss four to five games, but because of his toughness he, comes back early. he would come back yeah. three I mean, my the the most prevalent one that is in my memory is in 2015 when he had that bad, le bad leg injury against the Rams, and people were saying he, he can miss six weeks, and I thought, well, there goes the season because that, yeah. that was week three. Remember, Le'Veon Bell was not with the team for the first two, and that was Le'Veon Bell's first game back, and everyone's thinking, well, here we go. We got A.B., we got Lev Bell, and we got Ben all, all on the field together, and then Ben goes down. And everyone's thinking, well, that's the end of the season. But Ben only, I think, misses three games or four games after being told he can miss up to two months. So he, it's just not in him to give up so no. easily. And that and, toughness was on display, too, against Seattle. I mean, you saw him kind of flipping right, that elbow around, right. and he still stayed in for one more until, drive. And for, until the, for the whole hit, half. The until whole he, had, half, to, he right. had to just leave. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is a guy who is going to play until he's told you absolutely cannot go out there unless that is said to him he will be out there giving it his all and yeah even though it was just a well that was a week two regular season game he's still gonna give it his all that was that was a home opener I mean he's not gonna shy away from that spotlight he knows how big of a deal home field advantage is he knows how big of a 
how big of a fan base he has here at Heinz Field. That's just not in him to just give up. And yeah, I agree. I think this is the most this is the most significant offseason he's had, especially when you consider the guys he's playing around. You know, you bring in a guy like Deontay Johnson. Deontay was a rookie when Ben went down. Ben didn't get an entire season to play with Deontay to to establish a relationship with Deontay, and then you go without a 2020 offseason. You don't you don't have the months of June, July, August to to reestablish that relationship. You just have to come in week one and start playing with the guy. And the same goes for Chase Claypool, which who was a rookie last year, and now you have guys like Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth on offense, and then the entire offensive line is going to be a lot younger than it has been in the past. So it's entirely important that Ben has been here for as many opportunities as he can, including the uh, the OTAs, and now that he's here at mandatory minicamp, I mean it's it's not anywhere near as dire of an Aaron Rodgers situation, but it's such a breath of fresh air, such a relief that the Steelers don't have that issue, that their quarterback, their leader, it's not just some wide receiver or some linebacker, it's their quarterback. No, this quarterback wants to be here so badly he actually took a pay cut to come back. Right, exactly. And quickly, to piggyback off of that, too, I mean, Tom, you alluded to this, too, it's so important, I think, for Ben to be there, um, not only after, you know, the injury two years ago, but at the same time, with such a weird... Um, a weird season last year, a weird way of life last year, you know, with COVID and, and everything else going on. Um, it, it was so, I think it's, it's an even more important off season for Ben because he didn't have that chance last year to, you know, not to say that he, his arm wasn't right during the season last year. You know, there was times where he certainly tailed off and you certainly questioned whether Ben had the long ball in him anymore and the accuracy uh-huh. was still there. Um, not to say that it wasn't a hundred percent, but he didn't really have a chance to test it out other than camp. You know what I mean? And he really doesn't do much at camp. Sure. He throws all the time, but really the first time we saw him really throw the ball was in game action. You know what I mean? There wasn't a mini camp. There wasn't OTAs. There wasn't a, a chance for him to, you know, uh, get warmed up. I mean, I'm sure he was, but you get my point that, you know, really Ben didn't have time last year. And he mentioned this the last time he talked to the media that, you know, um, coming off elbow surgery, the you know, down the stretch of a season, you are going to slow down. There are going to be times where you slow down and you, you know, you work, not worry, but you wonder a little bit, you know, is, is this thing still okay in, in a 16 game season? And, you know, I think it's important now that, you know, he's getting those reps in early to say, Hey, we're, we're okay. My arm is fine. We don't have to worry about it. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he's not worried about it, but again, he didn't have an opportunity to have OTAs last year, an opportunity to have mini camp and, all the points that Jacob pointed out with, you know, the receiving core that he has, the young offensive line, the new running back. I mean, this is an important offseason, no doubt. Like we said, Ben Roethlisberger have been around the team for almost a month now, and that's great to see. The majority of the roster, for the most part, has been around each other for the better part of uh, about a month, and that's phenomenal. One guy, though, that is making his debut now at minicamp, the most dominant defensive player in the NFL, in my mind, Jacob's mind, and in Kellen's mind, is Mr. T.J. Watt. And before we get into T.J. Watt discussion, he actually spoke with the media today before minicamp. So let's take a listen to what T.J. had to say right here on SNR. Uh, let's get started with Dale Lally. Go ahead, Dale. Hey, T.J., I'm just wondering, uh, first of all, how's the golf game coming along? And uh, secondly, uh, what can you and Alex uh, – carry over from last year uh just getting that that those last uh, five or six games together on a full-time basis can that help you roll into this year a little bit the golf game is coming along 
a little slower than I, I would want. I mean, it sounds like Joe Hayden is just gaining 10 strokes per year now. It's ridiculous. I got to get whatever coach he has. Um, as far as Alex and I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with him and continuing to work. And like you said, the last five or six games that we had together last year gave us a real good look at how we gel together and the things that we can improve on uh, collectively. And uh, that starts with uh, camp here and just getting the communication between him and I and the whole front the whole front five. And um, I'm excited to, to get to work with these guys again. Mark Caboli. Hey, TJ. Um, you pretty, you pretty, you have been pretty consistent with your snap counts over the years, you know, right around 85%. Is that the number that fits you best or do you need to see it stay on the field more? And the reason why I ask that is because there's not much in the way of experience or depth behind you and really Alex. Uh, it's something that I always look at early in the season. Um, something that I am well aware of as the season progresses as well, but I, I always want to be out there as much as I possibly can. Uh, but it's also about managing uh, my play and how efficient that I am when I'm out there. I don't want to be out there if I'm completely gassed. Uh, but that's also what we do in training camp here is seeing what kind of depth we have behind us. And if we trust the guys behind us, which we always do come season, uh, I have no problem with taking a break and letting the guy behind me go in and get some reps. But if it's third down and I have a little bit of gas in the tank, I'm going to try to get that rep. Joe Rudder. Yeah, DJ, from what the limited experience you have with Alex, what, what do you guys think you do well? And what do you like to build on? I think, I mean, the big one is pass rush well. I think he has a great repertoire of moves already. Uh, he's coming off his rookie year. He could spin. He could uh, do his ghost move. He's developing more power in his game. Uh, I think that's a real high positive. And I also think that he handles the run well. It's just a matter of, being more consistent for the both of us. And I think that's the biggest challenge of being a NFL football player is trying to be consistent week in and week out. And I've said it time and time again, anybody can have a great game. It's about putting together great weeks and a great season. So uh, that starts being here in minicamp. Brooke Pryor. Hey, TJ, looking at your contract extension coming up, how much uh, have you talked with the Steelers or have your representation talked with the Steelers about getting something like that done? And money aside, how much have they told you, hey, you are a part of what we're doing here? Have they made that clear that that is definitely something that's in the works? I mean, with respect to the process, I'm not going to be talking about any contract stuff today. Tim Benz? DJ, following up on Joe's question, um, during the six games or so that you had with Alex on the opposite side of the field, did you notice um, prote uh, protections from the opposing offensive line sliding your way more at all? And if so, how do you best combat that? I don't know if I can say exactly when, but I mean, even when Bud and I were, it was just Bud and I, they were always sliding to either one of us or chipping and everything. So I think it was kind of carry over just from when it was Bud and I. So we were seeing a lot of chips and slides. But Alex is a really talented pass rusher himself, too. So, I mean, if guys want to slide my way and chip and everything, he's going to have one-on-ones in the backside. And I'm very confident he's going to win the majority of those battles, too. So I don't think there's a way that you can totally protect both of us at one time. Aditi Kinkobala. 
Hey, TJ, um, a year ago, you obviously didn't have any spring football. You didn't have mandatory minicamp. It didn't affect you in any way, clearly, in what you were able to do. So when you think about being here this year, why is it so valuable to be at minicamp? And what are you looking at these three days to sort of accomplish or do at this point in your career? I think it's just important to be around the guys. And just it's been, I think, what, five or six months since I've seen a lot of the guys around here. And there's a lot of new faces. And uh, you can do it one year maybe because there's some consistency with the guys in the locker room. But two years away, it's there's so much turnover, um, especially with guys leaving this past offseason. So it's good just to be around uh, cultural things, kind of reinstilling what the Steeler way is and uh, what our goals are and aspirations. and to get out in the field and show guys not only talk about how we practice and show guys actually how we practice so that when we get into the fall all that stuff is kind of aside and we can just focus on football ryan backo hey tj i know you're always you know motivated self-driven and, and all that stuff and you don't need any extra but uh did, did you expect that Maybe last year would be your year to win uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, were you surprised that that vote ultimately didn't go your way? And, and is that driving you at all into 2021? I don't think it's driving me. I think more than anything, I just want to be the best possible player that I can be, not only for myself, but for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I want to continue to make splash plays. Um, I think the big thing for me is just noticing all the plays that I didn't make last year and wishing that I, I could have converted on some forced fumbles and fumble recoveries and turnovers and sacks and all those types of TFL, those splash plays that we talk about is, yeah, there's a lot of good from last year, but there's also a lot of stuff that I want to continue to improve on. And that's why I love this game so much is there's just, you're never at your ceiling. So I'm just trying to get better each and every year. And uh, that's what I intend to do uh, starting in this minicamp. Josh Roundtree. Hey, TJ, uh, you guys are obviously going to get Devin Bush back uh, into the fold this year. What is it about his game that kind of maybe takes the defense to the next level? What is it that he brings to the table that you know, maybe can really help you when he's back out there healthy? Speed. I mean, I, I don't think you can talk about Devin Bush without talking about speed, quickness, and just his intensity. Uh, you look back at any of the, the highlights of our defense, and he's the first guy jumping around, congratulating guys, just being so happy, whether it's him or somebody else making a play. And part of that is just because he's the quickest guy out there. So he's the first to the ball more than more, most than more than anybody else. But um, just getting a guy like that, especially now he's in his what third year, he's um, going to know the defense like the back of his hand. He's going to be making calls. And I'm just very excited to have him out there again and uh, see him flying around. Got time for a few more. Dale Ollie. TJ, over the, the course of uh, last season, um, if, if you look at the stats, holding penalties were down a full hold per game last year. Uh, do you have to get together with a bunch of uh, pass rushers and petition the league to, to get it back to normal? Because it, it had been a 10-year a trend where it's about the same number, and then last year it dips down a full sack. Uh, did you notice that being the case? And, and uh, what can you guys do about it? Well, until you address it, I thought I was the only one that noticed it. So I'm glad <laughs> that somebody else brought it up. But uh, I don't know. I, I probably already said too much. Right. <laughs> I, I wish I had some sort of influence on him, but I don't, unfortunately. All right, Mark Aboli. Hey, TJ, I think when we talked to Alex earlier, uh, he said that he noticed, I think he was watching the Colts game, and he said he was noticed he was getting, you were getting chipped a lot more by tight ends, running backs. How important is it for him? He said to get that respect that they don't put it all on you, that they 
you know, chip him and, and leave you a little one-on-ones? Is, how important is that? I mean, for him personally, it's probably important. But for me, it's I have to deal with what's in front of me. And uh, I, like I said earlier, I think Alex is more than capable pass rusher, more than capable defender for us in the run and the pass and then dropping back coverage. That respect is going to come, but that respect comes with time as well and doing it on a consistent basis also, like I said earlier. So um, I'm just controlling what I can control, trusting that Alex, if I do get chipped or double teamed, Alex can handle his own on the backside. And I also believe that he can handle any chips that come his way too, because I do think that respect will start coming for him. All right. Thanks, everybody. Got to get TJ to thanks, be guys. That was TJ Watt speaking to the media before today's session of minicamp. And, Jacob, the one thing that he said, you kind of looked at me and gave a fist pump too, when they asked him about the contract, he very quickly said, I'm going to respect the process and not speak about that at this time. That's exactly what you want to hear. He said that early on. That was one of the first questions that we heard today. And as time went on, as questions kept getting asked, he just kept talking about the work ethic. He just kept talking about getting better, not being distracted by anything else. And that's exactly what you expect of a guy like T.J. Watt. This is someone who is not going to get bogged down by off-the-field distractions. He's not going to make you wonder if he's fully committed or not. This is the future of this franchise. And, yes, he wasn't bogged down by the contract talks, but he, it's because he's not worried about it. He wants to go out there and he wants to play for this team. He said later on, too, he said, you know, I, 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 know, I, I know my skills, but right now i got to worry about the things that I couldn't accomplish last year. And I know, you know, my numbers speak for themselves, but those numbers could always be better. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I hear from a guy who could have been the back-to-back defensive player of the year for the last two years. This is a guy who is at the top of his game, who is at the top of his craft, and he's still thinking about getting better. How can I improve my game? How can I stay laser-focused? And that's exactly what, what you want out of TJ, who is going to be the face of the franchise and the day that Cam Hayward retires, it'll unquestionably, mm-hmm. unquestionably be TJ Watt's team, TJ Watt's unit. And, and quickly, just to um, to try to chime in here, when, when I think one of the things that stuck out to me too, um, it's something that, that us three have talked about a lot, is um, the relationship between TJ and Alex Highsmith and, and how important right, um, exactly. Highsmith, Highsmith is to TJ Watt and vice versa. Uh, you know, TJ talked a lot about how, you know, if coverage starts shifting to him, which a lot of people expect that is going to happen, um, coverage shifts towards TJ, um, and then all of a sudden Alex Highsmith will have single coverage a lot. And, and TJ said that he believes that he will consistently beat uh, one-on-one coverage will um, Alex Highsmith. And, and, I mean, that only makes things easier for TJ Watt. That's one of the uh, the main storylines when you look at this defense this, this upcoming season is the relationship between TJ and Alex Highsmith is – Will Highsmith be able to consistently beat one-on-one coverage to take away, um, you know, the doubles and the chips that, that TJ will see, um, you know, in, in this season? Will Highsmith be able to take some of that away? And, and TJ obviously has a lot of confidence in that. Right, and one thought that occurred to me while we were listening in on that specific Highsmith conversation was I said to myself, I wonder who TJ's number one guy is going to be now that Bud's gone because even though they were – the perfect tandem on the field. We knew how close they were off the field, and I, I I'm curious to know who TJ's you know best friend is going to be uh, come this new season. The first time he'll be playing for the Steelers without 
Bud Dupree uh, being on the team with him. And as you said, Callan, it sounds like T.J. Watt believes in, in Alex Highsmith and he wants to figure out the right dynamic and how they can work together better, not just as separate guys lining up opposite each other. And I, you know, you can, you should hope that these guys form a relationship off the field that can only further help their produ- productivity on the field. One thing I also want to touch on real quick that he said, he said he doesn't find the extra motivation really from losing the defensive player of the year to Aaron Donald. You buy that? I, I believe there's a little bit in the back of his head that I gets mean, we pushed saw, a little hard. We by saw it. the tweet that he. He's posted. obviously not going to say it because he always says the right thing. But we saw but, the tweet that he posted yeah. when he it was announced that it, it went to Aaron Donald. And he he used the famous Michael Jordan meme. He said, "I took it personally." Took it personally. He so definitely. I, I there's mean, a little extra. He can say that, and I, I can buy it that you know he's he's already motivated enough. But right. This is going to provide a little, a little bit extra of more push. Sport. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if, if it, I think you're crazy if you think that he's not a little bit extra motivated by that. I mean, who wouldn't be? It's two years in a row that a lot of people here in Pittsburgh, a lot of national people thought that, that T.J. Watt deserved to win the, the Defensive Player of the Year. And in two right. years in a row, he hasn't. He's finished in second place. There's got to be a little bit of extra motivation there, no doubt. I mean, this guy is a dynamite stick waiting to burst at any moment. And you can't say that not winning that didn't help the fuse burn a little bit faster. When we come back, we will chat with one of the best when it comes to covering the Steelers. Bob Labriola of Steelers.com will sit down with us and talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers as we are broadcasting live from Heinz Field. Minicamp happening right now. We will be back in just a moment right here on Steelers Standard on SNR. <laughs> 